All right, I prepared for this sermon, but um, let's begin uh, reading, reading the text first. The text you are well aware of. We'll be reading, reading the book of Ephesians, but I will be talking a lot of the uh, book of Galatians. The sermon might be really quick. <laughs> uh, I believe you guys are not, not, not trusting me, but it's okay. The reason why I'm saying this, um, and once people people were whenever the sermon ends quickly, people were like, people were like, oh, did it did it finish so early? <laughs> but still, please be awake. I don't want to talk many things, but I want to be clear in in many things. I just want to be clear in few things, actually. That's, that's what I desire. <laughs> According to how I lead the service, you might think that oh, I should pray hard for, for Mrs. Kim for leading the conference in Panama because she's not doing so good. <laughs> and Pastor Kim told me that, hey, I have, I have one advice for you leading for the conference. Don't, don't receive any questions from the pastors. Whenever pastors ask you something, just say that, oh, my husband will come back later and he will answer you those. Oh, oh we forgot to sing these blessing songs for the brothers and sisters. We forgot. Our brothers went to went to um, bathrooms, restroom. Okay, today's text: Ephesians chapter one, verse fifteen to twenty-three. And as I shared a lot during the intercession, you guys might understood. Uh, you might understand if you have attended the intercession many times. <laughs> and when I think of myself, <laughs> when I look at the Bible, saying that, saying that, verse fifteen, it means it means that Paul knows. Paul heard the faith and love. <laughs> so, so it means that Paul is being thankful. I cannot bring any, any further interpretation from, from this verse. So it, it's so difficult for me to think of a sermon or think of an MB class if I have to lead this. But we are all heard, heard um, sermon of Ephesians many times, right? So Pastor Kim always tells me, hey, just do, do whatever, uh, just, just imitate what I have done. And I always tell him, oh, that's, that's the difficult part. But anyways, uh, in this text, I really love this, this, this term calling, calling. So after proclaiming the eight blessings of the church, saying that 
God concluded everything through the cross and He gave you all these blessings. And after proclaiming these blessings, Paul is saying, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people. <laughs> and then, because he heard this news, he remembers them as he prays. <laughs> That's why he's filled with joy and thanksgiving. How great would Paul feel after hearing for all these um, God's people growing in faith and thanksgiving? And what did he pray for in verse 17? <laughs> verse 17. We're going through really quickly, right? And verse 17. I keep asking that the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. So we do not just get to know Him by, by, uh, by chance, but because, because of the revelation and the spirit of wisdom that He gives us, we get to know Him better. And the Babylon and the world makes us to follow the traditions of the world and trends of the world. And it makes us to be, be, uh, be deceived by these things. But because God is shaking us through, through Ukraine war, Israel war, He is reminding us what is truly the things that, that make us revive, that, that revives us. What's the true strength of our spirit is, who, who we truly are. And God will make us know this through, through the spirit of revelation and wisdom. He will let us know what our foundation is. Where did we come from? And He will... Um, he will... Uh, he will enlighten our eyes. And in the Bible, there are two events of enlightenment of eyes. The first is... Um, after eating the fruit of knowing good and evil, the, the eyes of Adam and Eve were enlightened. But standard of good and evil must come from, from God. But, but in the story of Genesis, In the story of Genesis, the serpent came to Eve and, and, and he, said, he said, Oh, dude, will you die? Will you die if you eat everything on, on, in this garden? And, and Eve, Eve said, No, we might die. But, but the serpent says, No, you won't die. You won't die. Then Eve was deceived by that, that, that sentence. So Eve forgot about the reason why God told them not to eat it, but she was just focused on this term whether she would die or not. So the purpose of God, purpose of God was telling telling the Adam and Eve, telling Adam and Eve, saying that you should not you should not judge what's good and what's bad by yourself. Then you will die. That was God's purpose. And Eve had to remember that, but she was just focused on, should I, will I die or not? And 
because she wanted to just leave, she was deceived. And then her eyes were enlightened and she realized that she was, she was naked. Why are you always ashamed and why are you so oppressed? Because your eyes were enlightened. God never says that, but, but you always say, Oh, I am naked. Oh, I am this. Judging by yourself. So there are two things, uh, two ways of enlightening of eyes in the Bible. So all these eyes drawing this darkness came from this event of eating the fruit of knowing good and evil. And the world is the same. They will say, they always say, hey, this, uh, uh, you never know this because you were, you never, you were never in my situation, but but now God will close those eyes and through the calling, God will know why we were, why we were uh, called to him. In, in Boryeong, I received lots of grace through this. And the church, mean, uh, church came from the word ecclesia in, in Greek. And it means to call out, to call out by calling, calling the name. That's the meaning of church. But from where? From the authority of darkness, she God calls Chiwon, and and then he he calls her her <laughs> to the kingdom of kingdom of uh, the son son of love. From the kingdom of darkness to to kingdom of love, uh, son the the son of love. And we've been attending this church and that church, and if we did not like this church, and then we moved to that church. And we, we've been, we, we thought as if we could be helpful to the church. And when the spirit of religion comes, you would always say, oh, I intended to help. And you forgot your identity, this poor being who needs grace, but instead you say, oh, I will be helpful. I will be helpful. You try to prove your identity through this action, through work, through your talent. You try to show yourself as a worthy being through your action and deeds. So whenever people tell you to stop doing that, then you get mad. You get mad. But anyways, this spirit religion, will get mad after trying to do something in order to receive fame. And if you are being, being stopped by someone else, then you get mad. But the reason why you came here is because of the calling. God called you out from the place and then he, he called you here. But if you, if you look at closely to the Bible, 
That's how Abraham was called too. We might think that oh, Abraham was someone special, but no, Abraham and Isaac and everyone, and that's how we were called. So, so we are the ones who, who the Creator remembers our name, who the Creator calls out from the darkness. So I thought to myself, through what kind of condition was I able to be saved? When I look to myself, if God abandons me, then I would still have no, no, nothing to say. So I thought to myself, is, is, isn't, these, isn't this the predestination? So as much as I... And that's how much I concerned about that. That's how much I I was touched by this this calling. So shall we turn to Second Corinthians? Okay, before looking at Second Corinthians, let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 first. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. Therefore, remember that uh, formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time... You were separated from Christ, excluded from citizens in Israel and foreigners to covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. If you don't understand spiritual things, whether you, whether you are Gentile, whether you are Israelites, it really does not matter. But but Israelites, they have this pride having having this promise saying that i have this king this king who gave us promise and they consider these gentiles as as hopeless beings why because they are called to be be these burning woods of hell they are hopeless they are they are godly people godless people and that's who who we were they, we were uncircumcised, and Israelites, Israelites would judge them, judge us, and saying, "Oh, how dirty are they? They eat pigs." <laughs> and and in our perspective, we might say, "Oh, you guys, you guys are are so shameful. How how can you not know this great taste of uh, of pork? Should we?" Do you want us to enlighten your eyes? <laughs> but what's, what's written here is that Israelites understood what's truly important. They knew the importance of the eternity and the spirit. Okay, let's turn to Second Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1.
verse 20. Let's read them all together. For no matter for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, and so through Him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So this, as this promise was keeping renewed and renewed through the corruption of Israelites for a few thousand years, all these promises. They will be yes to us at once. The moment that we unite with Christ, all those promises will just become yes in a moment. Look at book of Isaiah. Look at Isaiah. How many promises did God give us? I will call you Hepzibah, Philah. I will bring out your, your daughters. But... But we, we, we don't say that, oh, these, these promises do not belong to us. It's, it only belongs to Israelites. No, they are all ours. Look at Ezekiel, book of Ezekiel. In book of Ezekiel, there appears these glorious stories and promises of millennial kingdom, this royal priest. But these promises all become yes to us. And we read this verse so easily, but until, until Israelites received this promise, how much of a suffering did they go through? Because of this promise, Isaiah was killed by a, a saw. And, and, and because they are Israelites, because they are Israel, they are going through all these sufferings and tribulations even until now. Because... Because these enemies are trying to kill Israel in order to prove that God does not exist. And in 2 Corinthians, in Christ, these promises will always be yes. And what we should see here is that We, always, we, we, we see the term in Christ, in God, in the Spirit. And it means that we are in the Spirit, a status that we unite with, with Him. So we say that we, we are in Him and He is in me, and we call that with Christ. So when I am in God and when God indwells in me, it means that we are, we are with Him. So just like this, this um, example that Pastor Kim always said that if you put the the brochure inside the inside the Bible, then then the brochure is with the Bible. Just like that, I would not I would not just just go wherever I want, even though you say that, even though you say that. Even though we say, <laughs> even though we say that it's Uganda conference, but I go to the gym because I have to work out. No. But in Christ, when you are uniting with Him, and when you unite with Him, you sometimes you can you can feel uncomfortable for for time to time. But by doing that. 
But by doing that, there is this special grace that will be poured to you. And someone came to me and asked, Oh, Mrs. Kim, why are you so light these days? And I said, Oh, I guess because my husband's not here. Anyways, in Christ, during days, during days, I always ask the Lord, Lord, am I in you? Am I in you? I always ask the Lord. And if I don't do that, if I don't do that, if I don't do that, then without knowing, I just, I just feel like I should do something else. But when, whenever I'm doing those things, uh, even though it is not a bad thing, I am not in Christ. So when God tells me, um, stay, go here, do the intercession. And of course, and of course I cannot guarantee myself that I am living 100% under God's rule. But as I do this, that as I do this, uh, my old self will die and my new self will be revived. And, and you cannot just sleep as much as you want, you live as much as you want to live. Then you cannot, then, then your spirituality will never grow. You should be in Christ. Even though you are eating a late night snack, you should still be in Christ. Even though you are watching a video, you should still be in Christ. Then imagine, imagine that can you can you like um slander about someone while you're in christ can you drink alcohol while you're in christ if you think about that you cannot do that and it will be cut off from you uh, naturally so in you are in that status all the promises that god gives you will be yes so all our um Brothers and sisters who are sick, I wish that you are you should you should stay in Christ. When you are in Christ, there is no disease, there's no illness. Even though if you have illness, it will never be a problem to you. And at a point it will be healed just like a just like a flu. So always Bible is always telling us to find our identity in Christ. So to these kind of people, all God's promises will be yes. He will never exclude few promises out of those people. No, all promises will be yes to, that, to him. What, what he promised to David, what he promised to Abraham, Isaac, they, they will all be yes to us. And we are all kings, right? So all promises are ours too. So think about how great promises you have received. And you have received them at once. How great grace is that? Okay, let's return to Ephesians. And because we are called like that, so that you may know him better. Uh, no, no, never mind that you may know the hope which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy on in his holy people 
So not only you will be prosperous on this land, but you will be prosperous in his kingdom. And we heard, we heard many stories of the, of the inheritance that we will receive when we go to his kingdom, right? When his kingdom comes. And the Garden of Eden was as, um, as big as Iran, around about Iran. But, but I thought to myself, um, what would I do with that, that great land? <laughs> And you, some of you might think, um, just, just, oh, never mind. Anyways, not only on this land, but to, to, but also in his kingdom, just like the promise that he gave to Abraham and Isaac. Now, please change your mindset. Do not think that believing Jesus is just suffering and striving. No. Just believe that grace will be king in your life. Even though it seems nothing is happening, you will, you will, you will see these, these uh, miraculous joy coming out of it. And I received a message from Pastor Philip. And Pastor Philip sent me a video. I guess <laughs> he got bored. And he said, Sunday morning of Uganda came. And during night, I sweated myself because lack of, lack of this air conditioning. And in each room, each room doesn't have um, this water purification system and some some rooms even have difficulties of 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 this pipeline being broken but still after i wake up in the morning i sense this love of god and i i sense this unknown joy keep coming up in my heart and this is life of grace right in book of romans the sin where the sin is where because of the sin the death will come and we will normally live through this order of sin and death but where there is where there is grace the life is abundant so even though if you stumble what well, what would happen to you you will you will pick up a check paycheck <laughs> so no matter what we do it will be prosperous we will be successful that's who we are and then so not according to what we see but but according to the will of God who allows every situation to happen and the kingdom of God which is being present even though we don't see it see it and kingdom of God is still is still present among us right that's why we are we are happy without any reason. I mean, in humanly perspective, why would you sit here for such a long time paying for <laughs> paying for these different prices? <laughs> if you haven't paid, please pay for it. But anyways, sitting down here for many hours, why would you do this? 
But because we we have this unknown grace, this miraculous grace, that's why this grace is becoming a king. When we return home, when I go to a hospital, when I walk on the street, wherever we go, the, the grace is always sovereign. That's our life. Even though when we commit sin, in the place of that sin, the grace will be abundant. So as we, as we bow down before God, God will bring us comfort like the comfort He gave to Solomon. And just like David, he, he committed this, this ruthless sin of killing his own, own uh, general and taking his wife. God, God gave comfort to David and he even gave him son Solomon. So, so God's people should not live through their conscience. If you live through all the records of, of sin that is written in, in your conscience, then you will lose. You should, you should live according to the precious blood which is greater than that conscious. Even though, even though that I, uh, regardless of my sin, regardless of my sin, regardless of those, those records, God's blood, uh, Jesus' blood is greater. Amen? That grace of God will cover us so that we can go before Him boldly and say, Lord, without grace, I cannot live. And then you will receive greater grace. So imagine how great that, that glory is. Verse 19, And He's incomparably great power for us who, who believe. That power is the same as mighty strength. And as I said many times, in the Bible, um, Bible does not really use the language like, I wish, I wish this would happen. So Korean translation used that term a lot, but, but rather it is like, God will let you know what the, the might of that power is. So when you pray, when you pray, the difference is clear. When you pray and when you say that, oh, I want you to know this, I want you to, I wish that, no. But when you say that, when you just, just, when you, when you pray and when you say that, I believe that you, this will be done. Of course, of course. Of course, when you ask, it's also powerful, but even without asking, God will enlighten your eyes, God will open your eyes, and He will show us what the hope of our calling is. He will just let us how great our power is. That's the church. That is who God is. It's not about, oh, I asked to the Lord, and it only happens to someone, it only happens to pastor. No. But the identity of the church is God will just let us know without us asking. And that the power of the might will let you know many things. I'm receiving this message from uh, for the intercession. There are two translators in, in Uganda because they have to go to translate from uh, Korean to English and English to the, the native language.
So anyways. Oh, let's pray <laughs> let's pray for once. For the sake of this this conference. Lord Lord um, there are three three languages that are going on, but let your grace, Lord, cover all those situations. And when we think of these different translations, we might think that, oh, it will be difficult, but no. <laughs> and back in the days when we had conferences in Mozambique, Pastor Philemon, even before he heard the English translation, he understood the Korean and he translated well. So just like that, Lord, so, so whenever they have translator up there, um, if the translators, if the if the translators hit the hit hit the crowd with the sermon as powerfully as the preacher, then it will be more powerful. <laughs> okay, let's look at verse twenty. He exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. And to the people who are staying in Christ, God will bring his might to them. And what kind of might? He exerted, he exerts them to his throne. So when we hear the term God, uh, Jesus being seated on throne, we, we should not just think, oh, God being seated on throne. But instead, we should think, oh, he's victorious. And then we just praise him who is being victorious. And God seated Jesus on, on his right side. And just like Pastor Kim always mentions Arke, he, he, he puts all those authority under his feet. And he gave, God gave him this name above all names. And recently I read this book called uh, Jesus' Name, Name of Jesus. And all of a sudden I thought to myself, how, and I thought to myself, how is it possible how is it possible to, to comment something in the name of Jesus? And how is it becoming, becoming real? And sometimes, because we are so used to this, we don't consider this a, as wondrous thing. And when we say, hey, wind blow, then if the wind blows, then it's a, it's a wondrous thing. But sometimes, uh, and, and, and every time we ask for the fire, it's a fire from above, right? But it always comes. And, and breath of life, whenever we ask for this, it always comes, right? That's how fast the Holy Spirit is living. And that's, that's so strange and wondrous. <laughs> and I'm because I was worrying for this Panama conference because I have to go go there and say that in the name of Jesus, <laughs> and and I'm I can actually um, say this, but about healing ministry, I'm not that comfortable. I'm not that confident. And I thought to myself, how can this name of Jesus can make everything possible? And as I was reading that book, as I was meditating about the name of Jesus.
So not only not only during the time of his age, but also to the upcoming ages and the, the ages that have been already passed, Jesus' name was above everything. So that's why, and God gave that name the authority. That's why through that name, everything is is everything is being obedient to him. So it means that all creation knows who Jesus is. Every all creation know how God ex, exalted His name. So that's why when we say in the name of Jesus walk, then He walk. Why? Because in the name of Jesus there is power, and and that power has been given to you, given to us. So in Jesus, in the name of Jesus. These, I want these to be, be meditated in our heart. So, so when we say meditation, it means that we re-digest re it, re-digest it until we absorb all the nutrients in, in those, those, those words. But if we do not digest it, we will just let it just, just go away. So you have to... Um, you have to chew on it as you pray. You have to digest on it. And as you chew on that word and as you make that your, your nutrients, it will just become diarrhea if you don't do that. So in the name of Jesus, <laughs> if you do not digest it and if you just say in the name of Jesus, then 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 the enemies will say, I know Paul, I know Jesus, but who are you? But when you believe in his name and you, when you meditate on it, then it will be done. And in what do you believe? You believe in the truth system. And you need to know well. That's why you, you listen to the word. You, when, that's why you pray, pray about that word. And God gave that great name to us. And sermons are almost over. <laughs> Verse 22. Um, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. And we don't know that, we don't really understand that, that all creation is under the church. But the reason why the tree is being rooted well on the ground is because God told it to do so. So whenever something is shaking, command in the name of Jesus which upholds all creation. So the term um, obey, um, the term obey is, is used when God um, blessed Adam in Genesis 1.28. When he used the term conquer, it's the same, same term. So when he put all creation under Adam, he gave same blessing to us. So verse 23 which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way, which is the church. And let me show you these slides that I, I prepared. Okay, please turn off the lights. <laughs> All right. Okay, the, look at the graph. 
And as I saw our church, there were people in, in our church who used to attend different churches. But there are people, and look at the green, uh, the purple, purple thing. The purple, purple graph is, is the life you spent in spirit religion. And look at people, and the, the orange graph in the middle is event of Damascus. And there are people who, exp who, who experience this event during these, these regular churches outside. And during the event of Damascus, you receive grace. And you have this great passion in you, but you don't have much to do in the church. Only thing that you had the only chances you you have to show your you can show your passion in your church was doing choir like cleaning the church and and because you do not understand the spiritual realm it will um, make you to lose that grace so quickly and even after you came to Yolmong church you missed that moment because you do not receive grace and there are people who met event of Damascus in our church. These people saw the glory in our church. But but all of a sudden all of a sudden these people lose grace and, and being soaked in spirit of religion. So they think they think, oh, okay, it was great. We have to do this. We still have to do intercession. They do things just the same as they, they did when there was grace. And be, but before then, before then, when they had grace, they were not exhausted because of grace. But now, now you are always exhausted. And you feel tired. And in order to sustain Yolbang Church, you create more religion. And there are still, there are still people who have not met event of Damascus, even though you're in Yolbang Church. But, but what is this new season? This is a season that all the religion will be destroyed, and the grace will will return, and he will be a king, because the season has changed. The season has changed. The spring, spring has come. Take off your winter clothes. So please be awake. You guys probably don't understand what I'm doing right now. I'm going to Uganda, Israel. But we are in new season. Okay. Uh, okay, look at this slide. So... Um, so, fill the earth appears in Genesis, Genesis 1.28. Fill the earth. Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. And God even blessed this blessing to the animals too. But God did not bless the animals to, to conquer and, and subdue it. But the term uh, fill 
is uh, male in Hebrew, and it has a meaning of feel, to accomplish, to seal, to conclude, to complete. But the the term plero is is Greek, and the the term plero appears in Book of Ephesians. This is a Greek word. I I feel I feel. But, and and even though the New Testament was written written in Greek, the the authors had this concept of of Jews, the Hebrew concept. So just like just like that, when when Apostle Paul wrote this term, he understood this concept of feel to feel from Hebrew concept. And and this is the same. This is the same word that has same meaning, which is to make it feel, make it to be feel, to fulfill, to accomplish. So we don't know what that is, but it is to fulfill the mission. When God created Adam, He did not create him for fun. When God created Adam, he gave him a mission and he made him to fulfill that mission. And he said, I have reason for, for your creation. We were not created for nothing. We have a mission. We have reasons. And God wants us to fulfill that. And even though Adam failed, but who accomplished his mission? Jesus. Jesus is the one who fills. How? Through fulfilling the prophecies. So who is this complete, um, uh, com who is the completion of Jesus? It's you. So in, in Ephesians, Paul says that church is, is already filled. Church is something that is being filled. Same term appears in chapter 3. I don't... Is it Genesis chapter 3? I don't know. Um, okay, it's Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3... 3.19 and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So with the, all the fullness of God, He will fill you. And because I was able to believe in this word, I understood that, oh, that's why Pastor Kim said that church will have no lack. Church will be provided limitlessly. That's why church can never fail. Because God will provide you limitlessly. That's what the church is. Before I was able to believe in this word, I always thought to myself that, oh, because Pastor Kim is quite successful in his pastor ministry, because Pastor Kim has this power, but, but no, that was not it. But because the church is, is being filled with God's fullness, so... so why would God spare anything to, to his church? 
there's no reason for him to say um let me spare this for a little bit because i want it for my own no <laughs> you might spare a little bit for your own son but god god is limitless god is god does not have any limitation he is filled with fullness And, and and church is a being that he is keep filling and he completes with his fullness. And even before we ask for it, we are a being, being who already received it. Just like this parent and children relationship, parents will always want to provide everything and more and more to his children, even though you, if you don't have anything. The term fullness, the, the fullness and feeling, they all, all have same meaning, right? But, but the author of Hebrews used different term. Um, this is Gospel of John, John 19.30, but this was written by Luke. Yeah, this was written by Luke. Never mind, John. <laughs> no, it was written by John, okay? Because it's John 1930. I was confused. Okay, this was written by John. In Gospel of John, when, when Jesus was crucified, he said, um, he, 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 he used this term teleo in Greek, which is to, to complete, to fulfill, to conclude, to pay the price. So when Jesus said it is finished, it means that there's nothing else to do. That's, that's how he was crucified. But the author of Hebrews used the same term when he said that at once God completed you. And when we, when we heard that, oh, this is how I am completed. But in the Bible, it says that God already made us complete at once. But how, how did he complete us? Because he finished. Because he finished, he, he concluded everything. So that's, that's how we are accomplished in Christ. But when you are outside of Christ, then you cannot do this. So when you are in Christ, all these promises will be yes. He completed, he fulfilled, he, he finished, he perfected it. That's why we are made perfect. Why? Because he finished everything on the cross. So do not think of anything else. Just believe in the word. And when you believe in the word, the might of the word will come out. When you say like, um, of course the word is saying that, but I'm not like that, then the humanism will come out from that. Do not drag down the, the standard of the word to your own standard. Because the word is correct, then you are correct. 
because Jesus finished everything and, and the result of he, his accomplishment, we call the church. And in, in Old Testament, the term shalom is a verb that has a meaning to, to make something safe, to complete, to repay. And we saw different terms, but, but they all have these, these meanings of to make something to be filled. And as I discovered this, I thought to myself, I realized that, oh, this feeling that I have to repay this debt to the Christ, that's a de deception. And as I always say, uh, I'm a nice person, right? So I told Pastor Kim, Should we, shouldn't we help these Israelites, help the rabbi? And Pastor Kim told me, Pastor Kim told me that, hey, pray well, pray well. If you receive the true inspiration from God to help them, then we should do that. But, but you might get deceived by the enemies. And I always had this heart saying that, oh, you have to help the widow and the orphans. But if they are Israel, Israeli orphans and widows, then we should help them. And when Pastor Kim preached, preached about Galatians, he talked about this circumcision. So to me, to me, the circumcision was like a sign of Israelite, uh, of a good thing. In Galatian churches, there were people who who converted from from other religion to to Christianity. They when they talked about circumcision, they tried to do circumcision in order to receive the righteousness from acknowledgement from the Jews. And they even though they say, oh, of course, gospel is important, uh, evangelizing people is important. So I do not want to offend these people. No, they they had this this want of being acknowledged by the Jews. And in my heart, 
in my heart, I realized that, oh, I have this fear and I have this desire to be acknowledged by the people. It makes me to con uh, consider other righteousness as righteousness. And as much as I consider uh, people's acknowledgement as righteousness, then I am decreasing the value of Jesus' acknowledgement and Jesus' righteousness. But Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul was stubborn and he was never compromising about other things. And he, he said, only Jesus, only Jesus. And I found myself, I found, my, I found myself, um, being corrupted by this syncretism and as i as i repented about that as i repented about that i saw myself being bound to israel even though i say that i love israel but i was bound to israel because i wanted to be acknowledged by israel why because israel is something good In the Bible, it says it's not about Jerusalem on this earth. And, and I think, oh, why not Jerusalem? Jerusalem is a good place. But look how much do we um, desire for Jerusalem on this earth. Even though Jesus has fulfilled everything, we desire to look a little bit holier to other people. You want to be acknowledged by the people. And, and that desire, that desire is killing the righteousness of Jesus. And it makes Jesus' righteousness um, meaningless. And I had no freedom because I wanted to fulfill this and that. And after I repented about that, all of a sudden those thoughts and concerns disappeared. And I always thought that it was not my concerns, but it was my goodness. But in my heart, actually, I had this desire to be acknowledged by the people, by Israel. I wanted to be acknowledged through my action. And I hope that Jesus' righteousness will fill us more. <clears throat> okay. Okay, before we look at this, we look, look at this slide. Uh, okay, this is the term to to take. <laughs> to take. The term to take is yarash in in Hebrew. So it's it, this came from the verse saying that your seed will will take the gates of the enemies. But in Hebrew concept, in Hebrew concept, it's not like just picking up something from nowhere. But instead, in order to take that, you have to kick away, you have to chase away all those, those people who were, who were um, cultivating that land. And then you have to possess that land. 
in Romans that we are co-heirs with, with Christ. How, how can I be called as an heir with Christ? Then, then Israelites will, be, will be, be surprised after hearing this. But you need to see how great the calling of the church is, how great this glory is. But you do not just inherit that, but instead you should chase out and you should, you should conquer that land first in order to take that. And, and to, to forgive someone, it is, it is a Hebrew word um, uh, that's fada, uh, which is to, to pay the price and to set someone free. And what is these Israel soldiers doing right now? They are saving the life by by going into into this this war, putting their life. And the abundance that we are we are having right now did not came out of nowhere. Jesus Jesus paid all the price, and all our ancestors have paid the price. And the term inherit is, is the term ga'ar in Hebrew and in the story of Boaz. Boaz is the one who should inherit that, that um, inheritance. And you, you know that story, right? Um, Making, uh, bringing someone to your family in order to inherit that that um, that inheritance. But in order to make that person to inherit that that inheritance, you have to actually pay the price to buy that land, the the property, and buy for those those materials. So look, spirit religion doesn't have war. It does not tell you about spiritual warfare. Spiritual uh, religion, they say, what is good is good. If something goes well, then it is good. It will always say, it will always say, oh, why is God not giving you? And you know why? Because you, you are not kicking them out. You are not chasing them out, chasing your enemies out. So look at Israelites. Why are they keeping attacked? Because they failed at doing this spiritual warfare. How severely, do, uh, how much does these enemies want to, want to kill these Israelites? And just as I said, these Israelites even said that if you, uh, we need to be close to, to these Palestinians. No, there is nothing good by, by staying close to evils. It is not time for us to change this wicked into, into the goodness. No, it is time for me to be awake and to fight against these enemies. And when I, when I just uh, break through this, this spiritual warfare, God will bring this salvation. And as I prepare for this sermon, I realize that, that what God gives did not just happen out of nowhere. The blessings did not just happen out of nowhere. 
he paid a price, he chased out these enemies. And then, and then if the body of Christ is like that, then we should live like that too. Instead of just saying, oh, thank you, no. no. Those who, who indwells in the body of Christ should fight with him to chase out the enemies with him and to receive his inheritance. That's how we uh, expand the scale of God's kingdom. We are reaching toward the end. It is finished. Why? What is finished? I will talk about the old covenant and new covenant. And when I, th when I think of when I think of Old Covenant, I think of the Old Testament. So, so there, are, there are so many promises that was given to, to people in the Old Testament. It began from Adam, fulfill, be prosperous, and God gave him this, this blessing to fulfill and to conquer and subdue the earth. So, so in order to rule, you have to conquer, you have to subdue it. So in the term to rule, you have to have this um, concept of a king. The king just does not become a king out of nowhere. It does not, he does not easily become a king. In order to become a king, you have to fight for that position. You have to fight for your, your throne. And I want you to have this concept. The spirit of religion will hinder you from fighting. It will take away your righteousness. It will make you compromise. And even though we have done something wrong, we have the blood of Jesus so that we can rise up once again and fight against the enemies so easily. With the blood of Christ, wash away the sin, wear, wear the armor, and fight again for the kingdom of God. Business is also a war. Your household is a war. And God promised Adam like that. And it seems like the promise was set aside in the days of Adam. And if you calculate the days, because Adam lived around 1,000 years, he, he lived until the days of Noah. And some, somebody, and some scholars even said that uh, the reason why Noah was, was acknowledged as righteous man is because because everyone else on the earth was mixed with Nephilims. And I don't agree to that 100%, but it shows, it shows how evil those people were, how wicked the people were. And through Noah, God renewed his promise. Fill the earth. And it does not just end there. And, and God even seeks Abraham. And, and they are in one family, right? So if you go up in, in the genealogy, you will find them at, at, in the same, same household. And then I will make you 
prosperous and then the nations will rise after you and 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 the kings will will come out from you and your seeds will take the gates of the enemy and God restarts from from Abraham it seems like the promise that was give, given to Adam was was um, canceled but but the new project of God is beginning again from from Abraham and God says through your faith you will be the ancestor of faith and and this new march new marching of, of the believers will begin through your seed God will never uh, let go of he, his, his grip to, to Abraham and his seeds. He's continuously giving, giving his people his promise. And to Israelites and to Moses, he said, you will, be, you will be my people among all nations and you will be a priest nation and you will be holy people. At that time, priest was a leader. And God is saying that you will be nations above all nations. He's talking about being a king once again. He's telling them to conquer and to fill the earth. And, and again, to David, what did he say? He said that your household and your nation will be protected before me forever. And your kingship will be, will be um, strong forever. And what does this mean? It means that God is keep reminding the Israelites that you are a king. You should subdue the earth. You should conquer the earth. You should, you should rule the earth. He's keep uh, renewing his contract, his promise, even though Israelites are keep giving, giving away those promises. But look at Jesus. It seems like Israelites have given away all the promises that was continuously given by God. And, and who appears? Jesus. What did Jesus do? Um, he... Okay, he defeated all the um, authorities and principalities, and he rebuilt them as uh, he made them ashamed through through cross. And he made those who have made holy uh, perfect. He has made perfect those who have made holy by by this one sacrifice. And and in fact, it's a tremendous thing to Israelites. For an example, if you live hundred years, if you are Israelites, you have to at least offer one thousand sacrifices. But but at once, he finished everything in order to make us complete, and he changed our social class. And when God created Adam as a king, but Adam failed. But Jesus came on the place where Adam failed. And he finished everything on the cross. And what did he say? That I have finished everything. I finished everything. I fulfilled everything. I fulfilled all these promises. And I'm giving you this seed. I'm giving you this glory. You are the one who fulfilled everything. 
Everything was fulfilled to you. That's what God tells us. So there's nothing for us to fulfill anymore. There's nothing for us to do anymore. Nothing besides of living in Him. We don't have to do anything. There's no reason for us to do anything using all our effort. That's our glory. All was fulfilled. You are perfect. I made you perfect. Amen. Bless one another. Congratulations. You are perfect. You are perfect. Congratulations. And just like when a newborn was born, you, you never say that oh, he's not complete. But that does not end there, right? He will grow. He will grow. It's not like um, you, you, you have to have more hair, you have to have longer fingers. No. He's already made perfect, but he needs to grow. That's already, but not yet. But what we are being confused always is because uh, is that, that we, we think that we have not yet made perfect. No, we are already made perfect through Jesus. We are made as a new being. Jesus already made us as a new being, giving us the spirit of God, even more perfect than Adam. So I am a perfect being. I'm a complete being. Amen. So let us not be shaken in this area. That's why it is gospel. If I have to add something to that, then that's not a gospel. Gospel is about liberation. You have been liberated. You are free. Why? Because Jesus called us perfect. Jesus paid all the price. The name above all names, Jesus Christ, he paid all the price and he finished everything. So you enemies, don't tell me anything. You are you're authoritative. You have the authority. One last thing, church. So church is his body. So church is the fullness of, of the fullness who fills the all creation. So we are the master, masterpiece of him. It's not like, oh, he's forming us. No, we are already a well-made product. We are a masterpiece. So God said that, hey, I already made you perfect. It's not like I have to make you a little better, a little better day by day. No, you already are made perfect. So just live in that glory. Amen. Now let's give applause to the Lord. So in Ephesians, Jesus says, when I was reading Ephesians 2.10, God told me that the reason why I tell you, tell you and Adam to fill the earth is because I am the only good person. But I want this good image to, to fill the earth. The world... The world says that if you do this, then it is good. If you do that, that is good. But the only good is me. The reason why you should fill the earth is because you are the one who has my life. So I want you, the, 
who has the only good life to fill the earth. And, and because I called you as my image, but in, in, in Old Testament, in Old Testament, it was only the promise, but, but in the New Testament, I, I gave you the fulfillment, and I gave you this, this completed seed in us, so we are this new being. So, so I want you to, to be prosperous, to fill the earth, to conquer, and to rule. There is no good in the world. Only God is good, but we are His image. So, <laughs> this is a this is a masterpiece made by Hyun Jung, Sister Hyun. <laughs> so God gave Adam. He gave Seth, and He gave to Enos, Enosh, Enos and to Canaan, Mahalalel. <laughs> you guys don't know these people, right? <laughs> Yareth and Enoch. These are the people who, and uh, Methuselah. And these people are in, in the lineage of Seth. Lamech, Noah, Shem, and Arbashtak, Selah, and Abel, Belech. So these chosen people are carrying these promises, and he, they are carrying these promises without being polluted by Babylon, Nahor, and Dera, Terah, Terah, and Abraham, and who comes after Isaac and Jacob. So continuously, this promise continues. Judah. Beresh. So it seems like this promise was given to Israel, but 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 the ones who are um, separating themselves from Babylon and and secures this promise, who are they? They are the remnants. And this continues: Salmon, Boaz, Obed, and Jesse, David. If they were polluted by Babylon, do you think David would uh, appeared? And you you might see the names of these these evil kings of Israel, and Jehoshaphat, um, Yoram, Uzziah. Yeah. And sometimes um, during the days of these evil kings or when they are under the slaveries of Babylon, it seems like these, these promises are, are being taken away. In days of King Hezekiah, Hezekiah, it seems like Israel will disappear on the earth, but God is keep counting them. God is following them. God is following Abihud, Eliakim. God is remembering these people in order to, to let his holy seed to continue. Until whom? Akim, Eliud, El-Ghazal, Mathan, and Jacob, Joseph. 
and this this is and Jesus it arrived and through these people these promises um, passed down think about it if, if and then this fullness came to church these five promises So church was called as beings who have these five promises. I could not find a good example, but think about it. If Israel, if Israel did not live like this, how much of a meaning would cross of Jesus had? person came and, and says that oh that person calls himself a God and he died for us so as much as um, the Bible began from Israel our mindset should go to Israel too But in Israel, many thousand years ago, God gave his promise. Life is in blood, and without blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So whatever sin is being committed, that must be forgiven by the blood. Why? And when God called Abraham, he said that, I will call you and I will make you the righteous people. I will make a um, just land, righteous land. The only sin is to, to stay away from God. It is okay for you to be poor. It is okay for you to be ugly and, and stupid. It's okay. And Israelites, they, they are the ones who, who think that they receive the solution of sin. But, but it's not, not um, solving the sin at all. But <sighs> and, and they struggled and they wrestled for this for a few thousand years. But us Gentiles, we did not go through this wrestling for thousands and thousands of years. So we we often we often uh, miss out the importance of these 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 um, of this forgiveness of sin. But sacrificing itself itself is not so easy. But 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 God Himself came as a man and He became a a sacrifice and it's a tremendous thing. But why did He have to do that? Why? When God created Adam, he dreamt of something big. He never gave up upon that, that dream. And when we, when we describe Jesus as second Adam, but in God's kingdom, it's a right description. And I might think, I sometimes think that um, the first Adam and second Adam might be the same person. Because our old self, our exterior 
always seems like Adam, but inside of us, we always have Jesus. We might, we, we will still show images like Adam after today, after receiving grace. But Jesus, what does he say continuously? Hey, the only problem that you have is sin. So if you have, if you have that problem, just, just tell me honestly, then I will just forgive the sin. I will throw it away to a burning furnace and I will be the high priest for you. I will be your lawyer. And I will, I will talk to the, I will talk to the judge. So, so whenever this lawyer says, the the judge will be on his side. So don't don't be afraid. Just keep talk to me. And just like that, God is keep opening us the way to go before Him. That's why He's telling us to come before the throne of grace. You are my glory. That's why He's saying this. And even from the beginning, He just made us so great. So that's why He cannot give up upon us. And after, after restoring and repairing everything, He he's keep telling us and reminding us that, hey, you are king, just, just proclaim. That's what church is. Being filled with the fullness of God. So that's why God is telling us to just ask. Whenever we ask, He will give us everything. So, so we don't have to receive anything else. And a question comes up in my mind thinking that, um, does it mean that I should not do anything? But look at me. When God's passion comes in me, you cannot stop me, right? I live multiple times more than my own effort and my own own desire. When Spirit of God comes in me, I cannot help myself. I cannot handle myself. This is the church and this is the life uniting with Jesus. Let's pray.